Hey, shareholders. Welcome back to Podcast 71. I'm Elizabeth Wheeler, your host, live from Studio 71. This is part two of our 2023 year in review. And part one of our series, we heard from our CEO, Ron Heitzman, and our senior VP of sales, Bob Higgins, as we chatted through some of the highlights of the year and some exciting things for us in 2024. And today, we're talking to our VP of supply chain, Jim Coulter, to see what's been happening in our warehouses. Jim, you're a first-time guest. Welcome, and thank you for finding some time during this crazy holiday season to chat. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here. Let's start with a little bit about your background. You celebrated 18 years this past September. We're a little bit bigger than when you started. Not just bigger, but I mean, the amount of change that we've gone through as an organization, specifically in logistics, has been nothing short of amazing. When I got here 18 years ago, we weren't using barcodes for anything. Everything was done with paper to now we're highly sophisticated logistics organization, at least on the park side side, doing everything from voice and on the APC side, doing everything on RF guns. So we have been able to support a tremendous amount of growth through three principal methods, people, process, and technology. It's been a long, exciting road, and I'm over the moon about the amount of growth that we're going to experience in the next three to five years. As you should be, and we'll get into that, but let's start with a few stats. We have 22 locations, 134 warehouse associates, and 121 drivers at last count. Pretty impressive team, and that represents a third of our workforce. Can you share with our listeners a few stats so they can get the scope of the responsibilities? I'd be happy to, and it's really amazing when you think about it. You think about the amount of sales that we get every year, and it's easy to not think so much about what it takes to get all that done. But I can tell you in 2023, we will have run 25,000 routes, well over 6 million miles, and burned almost a million gallons of diesel fuel to get all those sales out to our customers. Oh, my goodness. You know, one of my favorite sayings is, if you bought it, a truck brought it. Talk a little bit how you did that done. Maybe you want to share with us a few of the 2023 accomplishments. There has been a lot going on. Probably the most significant event from my perspective this past year was getting voice directed work into one of the APC facilities. We did that up in Portland immediately after a facility move. So huge undertaking for that team. We've seen great results. Productivity is up. Accuracy is up. And one of our key initiatives for 2024 is going to be to implement voice directed work in all of the APC locations, much as we have it in the Parksite locations today. Is that starting almost immediately since we're just on the cusp of 2024? Still to be determined, there's a lot of work that needs to be done on the Enforce side to get their voice direct tool working the way that we need it to. But we've made a lot of tremendous progress over the last few months. A lot of credit to the logistics senior management team and our IT department. Lots of testing and reworking and retesting. But I think we're getting to a point where hopefully by second quarter of 2024, we can start rolling that out. With the training, do you have a team from the Parksite side that goes into the APC facility and trains, coaches them through? There will be some of that. We implemented voice at Parksite back in 2015. And one of the things that we were pleasantly surprised by was the ease with which we made the transition from RF to voice. And really, when you think about it, it's just a different way of inputting the same information rather than typing out things on an RF screen and reading directions from there. The system is talking to you and you're talking back to the system. But at its core, the transactions are exactly the same. So it's a very easy transition. Actually, when we implemented it at Parksite, 
we anticipated a slight dip in productivity before it started to go up. And what we found was the transition was so easy, our productivity stayed exactly the same through the first week. And starting in week two, it started skyrocketing. In our last episode, Bob was talking about CH Briggs. Can you talk a little bit about the integration of $14 million in sales in a new territory? Yeah, I'd be happy to. And it was actually a pretty wild ride because we went through so many iterations. When we first started servicing CH Briggs prior to being awarded part of the territory, it was an all hands on deck servicing those customers via common carrier shipments out of virtually all of our services locations. Once we were awarded the New York metro area and part of upstate New York, the original plan was to store most of the additional inventory in our South Windsor, Connecticut branch, use that to supplement inventory in Syracuse, and then run transfer trucks out of South Windsor down to the metro area for product to be delivered by APC trucks that were already going to a lot of those customers. Where we landed after a huge, impressive effort by our team in Karlstadt, they were able to reorganize their warehouse for voice while creating 15,000 square feet of additional space for us to be able to store services product in Karlstadt, eliminated a ton of the transfer activity that was going on that was costing us quite a bit of money and positioned us with inventory in the market to be picked and delivered in Karlstadt to their existing customer base. So a lot of change. There's probably more coming. We're trying to figure out how to open up some additional space in Karlstadt so that we can increase our slab inventory there because we are still transferring that from South Windsor today. But it's constantly being tweaked, trying to position ourselves as the premier surface provider in the New York metro area. And Karlstadt wasn't familiar with the Corian products. So how big a learning curve was that? Not very big. They had had some experience in years past with Formica solid service product. The bigger challenge is the slabs because they are very heavy, very hard to maneuver, fairly fragile, if you can believe it. So we did have a lot of on-site training with Parksite Associates for slab handling and slab delivery. We're actually going to be doing some more of that in 2024. We're looking at Rob Lancet probably spending up to a week in Karlstadt just working with the drivers on how to safely and properly offload slabs of quartz from our trucks into our customers' possession. So it wasn't only the storage of the Corian and the Corian quartz, but also how the drivers load and unload. Yeah. And I have to give a huge shout out to our drivers. They're unsung heroes. I would say by and large, in my opinion, storing and picking product is a lot easier than getting it off the truck at a customer location. There are any number of challenges that those guys face and significantly higher safety concerns that they're faced with on a daily basis. And our guys do a fantastic job. I could not be any more proud of our drivers. Talk a little bit about the drivers out of Carlstadt. They not only have different product, but they probably have different routes as well, right? There was a lot of overlap with the CH Brig customer base. In fact, I think the 15 largest customers that we picked up through the CH Briggs territory pickup were some of the biggest customers being serviced out of Carlstadt. And that's one of the reasons why making the move to put the inventory in that market made so much sense. So much product was already coming out of Carlstadt going to those customers. It just made sense for us to add the surfaces to the mix. Just recently, we had an episode on Six Sigma, which is to improve processes. Jim, you want to talk a little bit about where we are with that? Definitely. We just did a class earlier this year in Batavia. It was the first time that APC associates were included. So that was very exciting. We went through the first phase of training, which enables the candidates to be able to go out and start building a project team, identifying a project, 
getting their data sets measured and kind of figure out what the next steps in their project will be. We'll reconvene early 2024 to go over the final two components of Six Sigma, complete the projects and be able to report out to the organization where we've made improvements and what we think the payback is going to be. Another improvement in 2023 is you added an analyst. Can you talk a little bit about the new addition of Amanda? Absolutely. Amanda started with us in early October. Very excited to have her on board. She is doing a lot of work in the business to allow me and others to focus on working on the business. So her job thus far has been really digging into the data behind everything we do day in and day out on the logistics and purchasing side of the house. A lot of her focus has been on transfers, adjustments, damages. So she is collecting and analyzing a tremendous amount of data and starting to be able to give recommendations back to the organization about how we might do things differently going forward to see better results. Elizabeth, as you know, we do metrics in all locations. One of our goals in 2024 is to be able to automate a lot of that through Burst. And a lot of the data mining that Amanda is doing now is going to inform what we track and how we track it and how we define success. Wonderful. Can you talk a little bit about some of the challenges your team has experienced in the past year? Probably first and foremost has been staffing. I know that's kind of cliche. It's a function of the economy, but we're starting to see people willing to come back to work and work hard. So our staffing over the year has stabilized significantly. We still have a couple of areas of struggle, but by and large, I think our biggest challenge in 2023 was staffing both warehouse and drivers. But I think with the great help of our HR team, with the new HR leader, Chris Swenson, I think we've finally turned a corner. I'm very optimistic about 2024 and beyond. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Now, speaking of 2024, what do we have planned? Are there new locations? Anything exciting to look forward to? We are looking at a sizable expansion of the Rochester APC facility that will allow us to put Syracuse surfaces in there, kind of building on the APC surfaces being in the same building model that we started in Karlstadt and Bolingbrook. And that will allow Syracuse to return to being a standalone LBM facility and alleviate a lot of their space concerns that they've had over the years because it is one of our smaller facilities. No other moves planned currently, but it's always something that we're looking at in terms of new locations. It's possible, but nothing on the books as of right now. In January, I hear you have a full team meeting in Garner. Can you talk a little bit about what's on the agenda for that? Yeah, January 8th through 10th, we're meeting in Garner, as you said. Something that we try to do annually, we don't always get there, but it's an opportunity for us to engage in one of the ownership behaviors, specifically setting clear expectations. For 2024 and beyond, I kind of want to reintroduce to the logistics management team my philosophy that the purpose of logistics and really every department in the company is to grow sales. And the ways that we can do that are by providing top-notch service to our customers that allows sales to capture more business and hopefully at a premium. So the entire intent of the meeting is to make sure that the logistics teams understands that we are first and foremost a sales organization and our sales team cannot be successful unless we are very successful. Well, I'm having it early in January. We'll set the stage for a great 2024. Before I let you go, Jim, I ask all of our guests, what's it like to be part of an employee-owned organization? And you have over 18 years. I can tell you honestly that the ESOP is one of the primary reasons that I decided to join Parksite 18 plus years ago. It goes beyond that. It's the culture. 
It was the amount of change that I saw coming for the organization. But I will tell you that when I left my first interview with Steve Schmidt, who hired me many years ago, I went home and told my wife, I just found the place that I'm going to retire. I still believe that today. I think I have another 11 or 12 years in me. I'm incredibly excited for those years and very, very optimistic about the growth that we will experience in that time. I think the ESOP will serve me and all of my co-owners very, very well at the end of the day. Without a doubt. Thank you, Jim, for joining us and taking time out of your holiday schedule. Thank you for all that you do. You and your team keep us moving. Thank you, Elizabeth. I look forward to more conversations next year. And I thank all of our listeners for joining us. If you have an idea for a podcast, please let me know. Until next time, I'll catch you later. Mm -hmm.